Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Rising water leads to evacuation orders and alerts in the BC interior. Thousands already ordered out of their homes as the floods overwhelm communities. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. We begin with breaking details of the flood threat in BC's southern interior, a risk not seen since the disastrous flood of 1948. Here's a look at where all that water is going. First in Carmine, the West Kettle River flows into the Kettle River, then over to Grand Forks where it joins the Granby River before flowing into the U.S. Also at risk, communities near the Similkameen, starting as it comes out of Manning Park, flowing past Princeton where it joins the Tulamine River, past Headley, Karameos and Coston. Roads have been closed, thousands forced to flee, and Ramina Dea begins our coverage tonight. Beaverdale held captive by water. It's devastating. Yeah. Homes flooding, roads collapsing. It's hitting the backside of the of the ballast wall here, and it's uh, come in behind the, the ballast here, and it's undermined the road. Hydro crews cutting power because of high-voltage lines in danger of coming down. Residents going to war with the water in Okanagan Falls. Yeah, I came out and I could not believe the water this morning. Thousands of homes have been evacuated in B.C.'s southern interior. Emergency officials predicting a 1 in 200 year flood. I feel safe right now, but if it keeps coming like this, we're going to be in trouble. We're flooded right out. It's under the house. It's the, the backyard. is just, you can't see anything. Look at our truck. We're going to be right up there. Grand Forks residents coming together to save the town. Many shocked to see Main Street underwater for the first time ever. Epic flooding, the result of a torrent of rain and fast-melting snowpacks due to unseasonably high temperatures. It's very sad and it's, it's scary. It's, it's something you can't stop Mother Nature. And that's, that's the saddest part, I think, of the whole situation. States of emergency have been declared in parts of the Okanagan Similkameen Regional District. Be cautious. Stay away. Good 10 meters back from any rushing body of water. The worst, not over. I've seen some flooding, but not this extreme. Residents powerless as water levels continue to rise. We brought in over 7,000 pounds of sand. Over the next 24 hours, riverbanks will peak in some areas. Romina Dea, Global News. And right now, Global's Jules Knox is live at Mission Creek in Kelowna, where waters have been rising quickly as well. Jules, what's the latest? Chris, the creek behind me is raging and it hasn't even reached its peak yet. That's not expected to happen for at least another week. But still, it set a record flow last night, 124,000 litres every second. Now, the downpour that we saw yesterday brought, enough, brought the same amount of rain that we usually see for the entire month of May. 
It's causing landslides, washouts, water running over the highways. In some places, crews can't even determine what can be done for repairs until water levels drop. The ground in many communities is just saturated with water, and frustration levels are rising as homeowners are worried about losing their properties. People near water are desperately sandbagging, and there's a big fear that there's still more to come with a snowpack that's 200% of normal. Now, there are several local states of emergency, including here in Kelowna, and that means officials can access private properties. The situation throughout the Okanagan is rapidly changing. There are several different evacuation alerts that were given throughout the day. Thousands of people are evacuated across the southern interior. Many more are ready to leave at a moment's notice. And everybody here is just watching these rising water levels very closely. Chris. No doubt, Jules. For the second year in a row, too. Okay, thanks very much for that update from Kelowna. Uh, we've seen some record warm temperatures. The melting snowpack has uh, a big part in this. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with what the area can expect weather-wise in the days to come, too. Christy. Thanks, Chris. So in the short term, rain is certainly a concern. We've got showers in the area right now. Let's see how much they'll see overnight. A few key areas near Kelowna, down towards Karameas, up to five millimeters potentially overnight. And then after that, the heat is on. We've got a week's worth of straight sunshine. At times, the temperature reaching 10 degrees above the average mark. And the focus of the heat will be in the key areas of concern, with some areas reaching 32 degrees at times. And that's at lower elevations. But higher elevations will heat up as well. We're going to see a freezing level climb to 3,000 plus meters for the next several days. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. All right. NDP MP Kennedy Stewart is quitting federal politics and throwing his hat into Vancouver's mayoral race. The Burnaby South MP will officially resign in June. Nadia Stewart has more on the kickoff to his campaign and the increasingly crowded field of candidates. Make no mistake, the MPA stands for the same thing as the Harper Conservatives. Kennedy Stewart making known his intention to Vancouver voters. He wants to be their next mayor and unite the left. My job is to bring all the progressive forces together and, and keep the MPA at a city hall, and that's what I'm working on right now. An opponent of the Kinder Morgan pipeline, the soon-to-be former Burnaby South MDP MP, is the latest candidate to enter the race. Housing dominates his platform. Individuals making under $50,000 a year or families making under $80,000 a year are being squeezed out of the city, and that's not good for them, and it's not good for business, so we have to fix that. He joins a growing list of mayoral hopefuls promising to tackle affordability at City Hall. Shano Sylvester will run as an independent. There is speculation Hector Bremner might do the same. No word yet on who the NPA and Vision Vancouver will put forward. Adrian Carr does very well. Jim Swanson does very well. Kennedy Stewart was ranked number five in the survey that we conducted. But this pollster says there is no clear favorite, at least not yet. There's nobody out there with a silver bullet that can connect with all residents of the city. I think you have a scenario where you're essentially pitting a region against each other. Uh, millennials are very worried about what is going to happen. Can they stay in the city? Can they find a place to live, a place to rent even? And he believes Vancouverites feeling the housing squeeze will push back at the polls on Election Day, making for quite the showdown for the top job at City Hall. Nadia Stewart, Global News. Big news out of Victoria today and a new strategy to end homelessness in Greater Victoria announced by all three levels of government today. $90 million is to be invested in the creation of more than 2,000 units of rental housing. Kylie Stanton has the details, including how officials plan to keep it affordable. 
Music, dancing, and a ceremonial ribbon cutting. The grand opening of this 41-unit affordable rental housing development is the first of many slated for the Capital Regional District, thanks to newly announced funding. Our government is investing $13 million as part of a $90 million partnership involving all levels of government. The money, coming from the federal, provincial and regional governments, will pay for more than 2,000 rental units, including more than 1,000 affordable units and 400 shelter rate units, to be rented at only $375 a month. I've got my bedroom in the back. It's expected to meet the growing demand in the region, where the rental vacancy rate is just 0.7%, and at last count, nearly 1,400 people were living on the streets. It will effectively end chronic homelessness. It's not going to happen overnight. The federal money comes with strings attached, which means the CRD must have 30 to 40 rental buildings under construction by the end of 2021. So far, two projects have been approved. In order to keep things affordable, the units will be priced according to a mixed market model, based on how much money people have to spend. The higher rent subsidize the lower rent, so it makes economic sense. But more important than that, uh, it's so that we're not segregating people. It will require an enormous amount of rezoning, but more importantly, cooperation, especially from the public. But I mean, I think in this case, because of the, the sheer need in our communities, uh, this, this is critical work that we're doing, and that, that will weigh in people's decisions. The project is the largest in Canada and most ambitious in scale, but those living here are proof it can work. We're doing this because whenever one Canadian has to live on the streets, we are all diminished. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Right now, though, social media fame can be lucrative, but it also comes with a price. A lesson a nine-year-old Metro Vancouver girl and her mother are learning the hard way. John Waugh has more on the Lil Tay phenomenon and why all the attention might not be a good thing. I'm only doing it like Lil Tay. This is why all y'all ears hate me. Little Tay's videos are crass. This car cost me 130000 most of them revolve around cars and cash. And posts from the nine-year-old striving to be the next YouTube and Instagram sensation recently got her mother caught using her client's Vancouver property as a film set. And let me tell y'all something. This cost more to your rent. The one that she did was in the, uh, the bathroom. That is one of our colleagues' uh, home on the market for sale. And she was apparently doing an open house. David Yang. That is one open house. That's one of our colleagues. His red Mercedes SL place. Didn't realize. And whether it's good or bad, her last Instagram video had over a million views in 24 hours. And views can translate. Little Tay can be considered a child actor just being given a script to shed when she's older. And it is acting. It's it, And the hard part here becomes when something negative... ...online character could be tough to shed when she's older. And it is acting. It's it, And the hard part here becomes when something negative does happen, you see a lot of those YouTubers try and separate the personas they have online from their actual person, and it becomes very hard to do. See that view? Y'all don't have that view be holding your mama's rank. The consequences for Lil Tay's mom a lot more immediate. With the writing on the wall, she resigned from her job. She called and she said, I'm quitting from real estate. I'm out here flexing and all y'all broke 
Taters. With her latest video posted just a day ago, it seems Little Tay's mom is making a career change to her full-time manager. John Hua, Global News. Police in Lethbridge responding today to a racist rant involving a B.C. woman that was caught on video and has since gone viral. You don't f***ing She belongs in Canada just as much as you. Shut the f*** up. A bystander obviously speaking up there. New video showing patrons standing up for a group of men who seem to be on the receiving end of that hateful tirade. Kelly Polka of Cranbrook got into an argument with a group of men at a Denny's restaurant in Lethbridge last month. The men say she took offense because they weren't speaking English. Polka, who has since lost her job because of the video, has apologized but is adamant the men were making fun of her first. Today, Lethbridge police responded to criticism they brushed off the incident and whether or not any laws were broken. That context is so important. You know, we didn't, did not get called to an utter threats in progress. We did not get called to a hate crime in progress. We got called to a fight in progress and the ultimate goal being to restore peace in that restaurant. And again, when you look at that time frame of 050 to I think it was 105 by the time everyone leaves, uh, based on the information we had, there was insufficient evidence for any charges. Three weeks later, by the strictest definition of the law, potentially, uh, but we still need to investigate that. And, of course, police say they are still investigating and they need witnesses to come forward. The latest heartbreaking numbers show B.C.'s overdose crisis is not slowing down. The B.C. coroner says 161 people died of an overdose in March. That's up 24 percent from March of last year. And even more frightening, the second highest monthly total ever. In the first three months of this year, 391 people died of an overdose, not much different than last year, and fentanyl is still the biggest problem. It played a role in eight out of every ten deaths. Well, last night we told you how the overdose crisis is particularly challenging for B.C.'s South Asian community, in part because of a social stigma that prevents people from getting help. Well, tonight, Sonia Diol talks to a member of that community who ignored the taboo to fight back from his own abyss and how he helps others too. I check into a hotel and I make a decision that I'm going to use enough substances to overdose. Summit Ahuja, one of the most successful lawyers in BC, describing the moment he wanted to commit suicide. Standing on the 20th floor balcony of his hotel room, he was getting ready to jump. One point I had crossed over the balcony and I'm hanging on with my hands and I can't do it and I go back in use more substances trying to make myself more numb so that I can do this and I remember this one moment where I could see my kids images and I'm saying bye to them His addictions to alcohol and cocaine had just driven his wife and kids to leave, his best friend and brother-in-law finding him just in the nick of time. And that moment changed my entire life. I made a decision to get help. And I'm now just under 14 months sober. Now Summit's goal is to help others get into recovery too. We've started an organization called Live Big. concerns I see in our community and just in general in communities is a culture of secrecy. That's why we are reaching out to people to break the culture of secrecy and get away from the guilt and the shame because the guilt and the shame is killing people. 
And Summit says he's already seeing signs of progress. East Indian males coming from affluent families. Two of these guys are now both one month sober each and I can see it in their eyes. And I can see how their families are healing together and actually taking the steps because they're talking about it for the first time. Something that's happened for him too. I have my family back. I've got my children back. A man who's turned around decades of addictions now with a message for all. I'm hopeful that now with I'm hopeful that sooner than addictions now with a message for all. I'm hopeful that people will reach out for help sooner than I did. And they won't have to get to a place where they're about to end their life. Sonia Diol, Global News. It was extremely exciting and super dramatic. New threats tonight from Hawaii's Mount Kilauea. Rocks collapsed into the volcano's crater, triggering an explosion and sending a massive cloud of smoke, steam and gas into the sky. And as new cracks in the earth start to widen, scientists are now worried that the mountain could be on the verge of a much bigger explosion that could send boulders as big as refrigerators flying in all directions. The man accused of one of the worst mass murders in Canadian history appeared in an Ontario courtroom today. Alec Manassian now faces more charges from the van attack in Toronto that killed 10 people. Global's Catherine McDonald reports. Alec Manassian made a very brief court appearance just before 10 o'clock this morning. The courtroom was packed mostly with journalists anxious to hear anything new about the deadly van attack that happened just over two weeks ago. Manassian was wearing an orange prison jumpsuit and appeared via video with his hands by his side. Lawyer Boris Batinsky is representing the Richmond Hillmen. The 25-year-old was formally charged today with three additional counts of attempted murder. So now Manassian is facing 10 counts of first-degree murder and 16 counts of attempted murder. He did not show any emotion. Now he will remain in custody until September 14th when he will appear once again via video. His lawyer was asked if he thought this was a terror attack. His lawyer says there is no evidence to suggest that and says the focus right now should be on the families of the victims. This isn't a time to discuss Mr. Manassian. This is still a grieving period for the city. We have many victims of this offense. There are many families that are grieving for those lives lost and those injured. Um, our thoughts, the Manassian family's thoughts are with them and we'd like to keep the focus on making sure that uh, the focus is in the right place. While there were no families of the victims in court today, at least that I could identify, we did speak to a lawyer who was representing one family of a survivor, Amaresh Tesfamarian. She says Tesfamarian's family needs help in navigating the legal system. Um, it's a difficult process. Um, it's a hard for people to understand the way the criminal justice system works. So we will be here. We'll be here every single day, every court date, and we will provide um, narrow some of those knowledge gaps to anyone who needs it. Manassian's lawyer would not comment on his client's mental state or whether or not he hates women. Manassian will remain in jail until his next court appearance in September. Catherine McDonald, Global News. A record-breaking penalty tonight for a man accused of making nearly 100 million robocalls. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission has fined Adrian Abramovich $120 million. The FCC says Abramovich placed calls pretending to be from various travel and hotel companies he did it using technology. People who answered were played recordings offering vacation packages. And if they pressed a button to learn more, they were sent to sales reps in overseas call centers.
California is taking a big leap forward in an effort to curb greenhouse gas emissions. The state has passed a rule requiring all new homes to have solar panels beginning in 2020. While construction costs are expected to rise, it's believed homeowners will make their money back in energy savings. The move has to be approved by California's Bill Commission. All right, a timely new report tonight that could make a big difference in your enjoyment of summer. Consumer Reports has come out with its latest rankings of which sunscreens will best protect your family. Tonight, Consumer Reports shining a light on sunscreen claims, putting 73 lotions, sprays, and sticks to the test. Warning companies don't have to back up some of the claims you see on the label, like sport, natural, mineral, and this one. Well, I usually look for dermatologists recommended. What does it mean? Well, dermatologist tested means what the company wants it to mean. It usually means a clinician has been involved, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have somebody scrutinizing. There are only three claims that have to meet government standards, SPF or sun protection factor, broad spectrum, whether it protects against both cancer-causing UVA and UVB rays, and water resistance. Consumer Reports' top picks, La Roche-Posay, Walmart's Equate, and Trader Joe's spray. Others did well, but the company says go for a higher SPF. Its testing found many sunscreens didn't meet the SPF level printed on the package. And make sure you're reapplying enough. No matter how high the SPF is, you still need to apply every two hours. Good advice to keep you from getting burned. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, New York. Some bad news tonight for the tens of thousands of people across B.C. who suffer from allergies. As Jennifer Palmer reports, a new study says allergy season is lasting longer than ever. They're beautiful to look at, but if you have allergies, stay away. Pollen season is in full swing. I'm allergic to everything in Vancouver. (laughs) Pollen, trees, uh, dust, uh, grass, uh, lots of flowers, cherry blossoms even. Allergy season is lasting longer in Vancouver, about 203 days longer. That number, according to new data by Aerobiology Research Laboratories and London Drugs. Recently, uh, even starting as early as uh, February or even or March, uh, I've had clients come in asking for allergy relief. So they've been asking for uh, products or for advice on how to relieve their symptoms. This year for sure, and I've never had it before, and I'm not 12. So why has the number increased so dramatically? research shows it's rising temperatures. So in the past decade or so, it looks like a lot of times it's increased in the spring uh, warm season. So the seasons have been getting a little bit, uh, a little bit unusually long, especially spring. So that seems to be worsening allergy season. My nose drips and I get an asthmatic allergy. So how to survive an earlier, longer lasting allergy season? Professionals suggest keeping windows shut, changing your clothes regularly, taking antihistamines and using nasal rinses. What do you do to make it better? I take um, take some medicine, uh, antihistamines. I have a whole regime of different things. Uh, everything from like, you know, taking an antihistamine to nasal spray to um, neti pot to all sorts of things. If you're having serious allergy symptoms though, go see a doctor to help you breathe more easily. Jennifer Palma, Global News. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. 
Some late breaking news for you now and a big boost for a possible high-speed train between Vancouver and Seattle. Microsoft announcing it's committing an additional $300,000 to continue studying whether a rail link is possible. That's in addition to Washington State's $750,000 contribution and the B.C. government's $300,000. The announcement is part of Microsoft's ongoing efforts to make the Cascadia region an innovation hub akin to Silicon Valley. The high-speed rail line, if it's built, would connect Seattle and Vancouver in less than an hour. Well, last night we reported on the growing popularity of Tesla tourism in the Okanagan, enjoying the scenery from a luxury electric car. Well, tonight there's an even greener way to get to the wine-tasting rooms under pedal power. And big changes are coming to improve safety along the way. Squeeze 13 wineries across 11 kilometers in West Kelowna and pedaling on two wheels for a taste of Pinot Noir becomes the perfect pairing. So any corner of the world, they come and visit this area now because we're getting renowned as a world-class wine area. Trailhead Ed was among the first to lead walking and cycling tours on the West Side Wine Trail. Since then, putting cars in park has caught on here in a big way. You have beautiful views, you have small wineries, big wineries. It's a really neat experience to actually be on the trail and not in a car. But much of the road infrastructure remains stuck in West Kelowna's rural past. Narrow lanes and heavy traffic adding too much risk to the wine tastings. We're lucky that we haven't had an accident, um, a major accident on, on this road for pedestrians or cyclists. West Kelowna already fixed one section of the wine trail. The $8.7 million second phase will include roundabouts, sidewalks, even designated bike lanes. We did avoid the hazardous areas previously, but now it looks like we're going to have not too much of those to worry about anymore, which is going to be really nice. Like a great wine, the process takes time. Construction and detours are expected to last until November, leaving some wineries worried it will put a cork in business. Really, you're losing the, the entire year, right? So there was no other way around that, unfortunately. But what we did want to do was make sure that we were going in and we were going in once. The hope is improved signage and word of mouth will be enough to carry local businesses through the tourism season. It's just making sure that people can find us and, and just they're all aware that we're all open. Go ahead, give it a swirl. It's a setback wineries have no choice but to swallow. Being able to enjoy it on foot or on a bike will just completely add to, to this destination. Potentially making the West Side Wine Trail the toast of the ecotourism experience. John Hua, Global News, West Kelowna. Firefighters in Idaho come up with a novel way to rescue some ducklings from a storm drain. Their modern-day lure coming up right after the forecast. Uh, we've seen reports of flooding, a big concern in parts of the province right now. Uh, Christy, just recently a high stream flow advisory was issued for the Fraser River from Prince George through Hope and the Fraser Valley. Uh, and uh, it's probably going to continue with some of that warmer weather. That's right. So we're going to focus in on some of those temperatures in those areas in a second. I thought I'd just have a quick peek outside. Beautiful, as you can see there. Some uh, 
pretty amazing clouds though off in the distance. Vancouver Island has seen a number of showers today. I uh, just wanted to mention my weather window today is has been put in by me. Wait till you see it. It is the most <laughs> amazing bush ever. And I dare you to be able to find a single leaf on the tree. It's all flowers. It's amazing. Okay. So let's have a look at the radar imagery. So in the Prince George region and down all the way along the Fraser, we are seeing a number of showers right now. But the key in the coming days will be that heat. And these areas here will reach mid-20s, uh, basically, when they'll see a period of at least five days, potentially, with that heat. And we'll see that all the way out to the coast as well. So uh, that is the, certainly the concern. I have this video from Claire Martin, actually. These are the showers. Because of those pockets of showers that we're seeing, some of the times they can be so intense, there is a bit of concern. But it's at least just for the next six hours or so. So you'll see that that will clear out quite quickly and we'll be left with sunshine tomorrow. So tomorrow's the start of the heat, but the weekend is really when you'll feel the effects of it. So there's your temperatures for tomorrow. You can see areas like Smithers down towards Prince George already hitting 19 degrees, but into the mid-20s to on uh, over the weekend. And this is your Friday, mid low to mid-20s for the southern regions, but come the weekend, you're closer to the 30-degree mark in some of these areas, especially over uh, Sunday and into our Monday. South Coast, so transition day, we may wake up to some cloud cover, a bit of fog in through the morning, but it will clear quite quickly. 21 degrees inland Friday, 26 on Saturday, and for your Mother's Day Sunday, 28 degrees, and we hold that heat and sunshine, it looks like, at least till the middle part of next week. Here's our weather window. Can you see a single leaf there? No, no. just flowers. Isn't that amazing? It's really cool. <laughs> What kind of tree is that? What is it? It's a... I, I don't know that. Oh. It's my neighbor's tree. That's it's what kind of tree. One. It's your neighbor's tree. <laughs> oh, we need to know. All right. Yeah. Thanks very much, Christy. He's famous now. Firefighters in Boise, Idaho had a predicament on their hands. A bunch of ducklings had fallen into a storm drain and were hiding in a pipe. So they grabbed their cell phones and hit the internet. There's still a couple more down there. <laughs> They downloaded the sound of a mother duck calling to her ducklings. That coaxed the babies out into the open and allowed the firefighters to scoop them up one by one and reunite, reunite them with their real mother, who was nervously waiting nearby. So, nice reunion for the family. Everybody well, saved. Why wasn't the real mother calling? That's a good question. She very, very afraid. She, I see. She didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't uh, know how to use it. The squire has arrived. Well, the hockey game started out very badly for one team and brilliantly for the other. How many people are really cheering for Nashville in Canada? Come on. Uh, let's go with, I know, there might be one or two. Mm -hmm. Shame on you. Uh, if the Winnipeg Jets are to move on to the Final Four in the NHL playoffs, they're going to have to win three games in Nashville. And that is a huge amount, especially considering the Predators had the best record in the regular season. But, of course, the Jets had the second-best record in the regular season. And Game 7s don't always lean towards a team that's playing at home. And if you don't believe me, just ask Canucks Nation about that. Uh, what Winnipeg needs to do here, don't let the Preds throw hockey's version of the spike belt across the ice, slowing them down. Oh, and get to this guy quick, Pekka Rinne. I know I sound like I'm brilliant because I know what happened. They got to him early. That's a bad goal on Pekka Rinne. How that gets in, I don't care if it's game seven or the exhibition season. Tyler Myers should not be scoring from that angle. And then about two minutes later. Yep. Paul Stashney. 
Just like his dad Peter used to do, scoring big goals. That made it 2-0, and then they yanked Pecorine, put in UC Soros after two. Winnipeg's up 3-1 because Scheifele has scored for them. P.K. Subban scored for Nashville. Canada-Norway at the World Hockey Championships. There's Connor McDavid. How about Bo Horvat? Look at him go. Go, Bo. He scores. That's shorthanded. That's 2-0 for Canada against a very overmatched Norwegian team, let's be honest. Second period, McDavid. McDavid walks in and shoots, scores! Yep. Going down, putting it in. He had a hat trick. Bo Horvath had a deuce. It's hogging down, the jam play scores! Oh wait, that's the hat trick goal for uh, Connor McDavid. I'm getting ahead of myself here. That made it four nothing. Now Bo Horvath scores from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Dubois sends it, Horvath scores! Taps it home by Haugen and it's 5-0. The horn turned on five times. Canada beat Norway 5-0. Well, here's something fun. Milos Ronic, Denis Shapovalov. First time they've ever faced each other in an ATP event. First set, Shapovalov, big return winner. He won the opening set 6-4. Second set. Nice backhand. Shapovalov. Beating his fellow Canadian elder. Match point. Shapovalov, the upset. 6-4, 6-4 over Ronich. He's into the quarterfinals. And is now at a career-high world ranking of 34. All right, it's the Players' Championship. What, did Phil not bring his golf shirt? Is that legal? Yeah. Look at this bunker. Honey, I shrunk the sand traps. That's Phil. That looks like something you see in a miniature golf course. Phil should quit wearing that shirt. Seven over par today. He's playing with Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler. Tiger Woods on the 18th. Whoa. No, no, no. 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 Rinsed. Even par after 18 holes. Six-way tie for the lead at six under. One of them is Matt Kuchar because that's an eagle putt. Wow. Beautiful. Nice. Nick Taylor, three under par, Adam Hadwin, even par after 18. Uh, this week is the national, Canadian National Sledge Hockey Championships at the Richmond Oval. It's a sport most people have learned about through watching Team Canada at the Paralympics. Now, this sport is different than hockey in some ways, but very much the same in others. It's sort of the Canadian tradition. Whether it's hockey or sledge hockey, you get on the ice, you put a puck out there, things are going to get physical. People don't, don't expect that when they, when they hear about it, but once you get out on the ice and, and they get, come out into the stands and watch us play, they, they're usually pretty amazed on how physical it actually is. James Gemmel speaks from experience. He's played in two Olympic Games for Canada. Competitive sledge hockey is full contact, and it's as intense as any sport in the world. It can get pretty nasty, you know. There's everybody's out there skating at full speed, and you're getting hit into the boards where there's no give. It's like you're not getting hit into the glass where there's a little bit of flex, so you're basically getting hit into a brick wall, and uh, it can be pretty nasty and at times. And uh, I think that's what I like about it the most, though. Gemmel also happens to be the coach for Team BC at this week's national championship at Richmond Oval. The dynamic is slightly different. Players with disabilities, able-bodied, and women all play together. And that's what makes this level of sledge hockey unique. 
from a young age I have been on co-ed teams and I've been one of the only girls and I've just become really comfortable in that environment and try and keep up and try and maintain that contact and, and show that women can play the sport and be just as competitive and just as uh, throw the hits just as hard. So Many of these players in Richmond this week hope to one day play for Canada at a Worlds or Olympics. For many that won't be the case but the feeling they get playing this sport is something they cherish. When you're out on the ice you don't notice anybody's disabilities at all. You just play. Playing as a disabled person, being able to go out there and play a physical game, is there's nothing like it. The tournament begins Friday and ends Sunday at Richmond Oval. Very delay, Global Sports. Those people would have strong arms. Oh, big hits, for yep. sure. All right, thanks, Squire. So how does a guy who calls himself the human serviette become the music world's most respected interviewer? Squire Barnes is going to talk to him after a break. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia? Yeah, and today's five things, we're serving up variety and a world of possibilities, beginning with Elusive, a circus of possibilities. Imagine a show where the world is turned inside out and all laws of nature are defied. Experience it at the PNE Garden Auditorium this weekend. The 23rd annual Stone Soup Festival is happening Saturday at the Britannia Community Centre. Expect local food, artists, entertainment, workshops, and as usual, free soup. Saturday, the first ever obstacle event just for kids is happening at Town Centre Park, Coquitlam. Ruben's Ruckus is a three-kilometre course for youth, a family fun event and a fundraiser that helps kids in developing countries get an education. It's all about making a difference and having fun. The Clayton Community Festival is on as well in Surrey. Bring the kids for bouncy castles, face painting, skateboard demos and more. Now leave the kids at home and toast to both local and international wines at Chilliwack's Art of Wine Festival. Besides fantastic wines, expect delectable appetizers, live entertainment and a lively crowd. For more on this, go to globalnews.ca slash five things. This program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance. It's kind of like what happens when an immovable object is met by an unstoppable force. It's Squire <laughs> and Nardwar. Well, I'm not in his league when it comes to doing interviews with people. He, he is in a league all his own. If you go on YouTube and write in Nardwar, you will see all these interviews. I'll guarantee you that even if you're not into, especially hip-hop music or rap, you will stay for the interviews because they are that interesting, all the research he does. So let us learn about Nardwar, legendary Nardwar, the human serviette. Anytime you could do eight interviews with Nardwar, you must say that this is the eighth wonder of the world. This is the best interview I've ever done, by the way, in my entire life. I love doing interviews. I just love life. In his 30-plus year career, Nardwar is a disc jockey, the lead singer of The Evaporators, but most notably, the interviewer who comes bearing gifts Judy B. Jones! Was, uh, and mind-boggling inside information. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. How do you know that? Did I say that one time? <laughs> that's akin to a one-man intelligence agency. I, I truly believe you could have found Bin Laden ten years before. he. Could, you can find anything. I'm so scared, I have to find out. Most people don't take the effort to find out. If they do, they would have amazing interviews. So Tams and Rite Aid, too. The Rite Aid. Definitely grew up in Tams and Rite Aid. He's really doing research, though. Before the music industry and social media yeah, embraced him, Nardwar was gorilla. 
showing up at political press conferences only to be treated like a party crasher. A few times I got escorted out by authorities. I was always questioned by RCMP, but released. So everything was totally legit. But people didn't like it. What I found out later, it was other members of the media were like, what the hell is a guy with a turned hat asking a question? Get him out of here. He's going to embarrass us. Mine bender. Oh, yes. But that's the very essence of Nardwar. He will not be scared off. This is a man who has bounced back from a brain hemorrhage and a stroke. He knows no fear. You're walking around with some, some different type of clothes on. You know what I'm saying? you you brave. Well, I always used to wear a skull cap, a toque. But then a heavy metal band, Sebastian Bach of Skid Row, stole my toque. And then as a result of him stealing my toque, I never got it back. My mom gave me this tartan hat. And what matches with the tartan hat? Tartan pants. And that's how it all came to be. And who's his favorite interview? Well, I gotta say Snoop Doggy Dog, because he's kind of like a modern-day Frank Sinatra. He's like a true entertainer. I love Snoop Doggy Dog. Narwar, one day they're gonna put you on a real TV network. <laughs> you deserve it. So every interview you do ends the same way. Thanks for my Squire Barnes. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do-do-loo-do. Doot-doot. Now, see, to me, so good. that's an honor to have that ending with Nardwar. Yeah. And, and it absolutely and he, and, and we couldn't put it in, but he also brought me a gift, um, which was a horse racing game that had records that, remarkably, I had as a child, but lost. And I, now, he wouldn't have known that. It would, maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he talked to somebody. Maybe he did. He knows everything. Those were his secrets. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, He'll very... never tell you how he gets the information, but he puts in boatloads of research. Yeah. Well, it goes... Very much appreciated said, by the biggest names in music. If, if you want to spend the time looking at the go on YouTube and you will be stuck watching those interviews. They're incredible. Including that one. It was a good one. Okay, last word on weather with a lot of people in the uh, southern interior uh, uh, looking at the forecast. Yeah, so basically heat after uh, tomorrow. Then we're going to see a few showers overnight, but heat for the next seven days, especially in the interior. And uh, the bush, by the way, is in Azalea. Thank you to Leslie uh, Gifford, my friend, and Marsha's mom. And Marsha's mom also said there are actually no leaves on that tree right now, just flowers. So maybe that's why we didn't see it. There you go. All right, thanks for watching, folks. Have a good night.